the Center for Theological Integrity. This is the pastor's table. Today's church leaders are weary and burnt out from trying to lead in the machine of corporate leadership systems. The pastor's table brings you conversations with local pastors working out deep theological convictions in their churches. Here are your hosts, Reverend Tara Beth Leach and Dr. Mark Quanstrom. Welcome to the pastor's table. I'm Mark Quanstrom. And I'm Tara Beth Leach. Mark, we, we've had 20 episodes. I know. That's kind of fun. I know. I, this, this is hard to believe you and I sat down at Pete's Coffee almost a year ago. And you wow. pitched. I know. Can you believe it? And I had been avoiding podcasts for so long. I didn't want to start one. I, I, I guess you could say that I was running from doing podcasts. Ah, that's interesting. Uh, because I just felt like I was at capacity and I didn't want to start a podcast just to start one. I didn't want to start one just to start one either. Yeah. And I always thought, you know, if if I'm going to do a podcast, it has to be something that is connected to my heart and my passion. But I didn't know what that would be, so I didn't pursue it. I never went to the drawing board and said, hmm, what podcast should I start? But then you came to me. Yeah. And, you know, my heart is with the local pastor. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a whole lot of local pastors doing incredible work that never get any kind of press who are just doing the work, uh, only the Lord knows the work they're doing, right? Yeah. And there's all this pressure on pastors to uh, uh, to achieve metrics that may, they may never be able to achieve by virtue of their context or yeah. circumstance. Yep. And um, I'm very aware of the discouragement of pastors being a pastor, mm -hmm. right? I know what Monday morning feels like. Mm -hmm. uh, after you preach and give your heart out and expectations aren't realized mm -hmm. in so many different ways. Right, right. So I asked if you'd be interested in doing a pa a podcast for pastors um, that is a that is not about corporate metrics. Right, right. And yes. you said yes. I said yes. Yes, I told you I had to pray about it, but I knew what my answer was going to be. I just wanted to make you sweat for a few days. I know you did make me sweat. You did. I, I had to wait. You made me wait. <laughs> I think I texted you. Have you, you did. Do you have an answer? Yes, you did. Yeah, you because did. I didn't have, you were it. It was, I mean, that's how I have invited staff to be part of College Church. I have one person in mind. Yeah. And if they say no, I guess we don't do that ministry, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So. And this is been an incredible journey so far. I just cannot wait for the upcoming seasons that we have and all that we have planned. And I think what, you know, has been so encouraging to me is the pastors with boots on the ground that we've been hearing from. We have been hearing from. Folks. Right. Because Mark, again, like, why are we doing this podcast? Uh, we are doing it as a, as a way to affirm the local pastor in the local congregation encouraging them to be faithful to the work without uh, romanticizing it, mm -hmm. um, rec fully recognizing how hard a work it mm -hmm. is. Um, I mean, and we're always doing pioneering work as pastors. Yep. We're always on the frontier. Yep. Uh, we're, we're always having to figure out how to do church in our context. And it's my conviction that we can't mimic any, I mean, we can learn from others, but mm -hmm. we cannot mimic what others do, that we have to figure out how to do church the way God has designed us to do church in the place that God has asked us to do it. Mm -hmm. So um, uh, most past most pastor success stories, uh, pastors who write books about how to do it, um, write the books after the fact, not before. And I think I may have said that here. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm excited to read a book from a pastor who decides. 
this is how you do it, mm -hmm. and then does it and has yeah. success. But that's not how it's usually done. Yeah. Oh, I guess this is how you do it. Right. But anyway, it's for the sake of the thousands of local pastors who are doing really, really hard work. Yeah. And we've heard from so many of those pastors. Uh, one of the things that is just so clear to me in reading from everyone that writes to us is this podcast is reaching pastors who maybe feel like they're on an island. At least the people that we're hearing from, they're in the trenches. Mm -hmm. They are experiencing hard and painful things. Uh, and and one, one stands out to me. We recently heard from one of our listeners, and I just wanted to share her thoughts. Uh, she said this. When I was first introduced to this podcast, I was walking through one of the darkest moments of my pastoral ministry to date. Uh, she said, through this season in my life, I found myself asking questions like, how can I feel so deeply called to ministry, specifically ministry at this, this church, and yet feel like everything about who I am is getting in the way of fully pursuing my calling here? Do I deserve the hurtful comments and actions of my fellow staff members? Is it possible to burn out and fail at your first assignment? Mark, you have wondered these things, I'm sure, right? Yeah. Is it possible to burn out and fail at your first assignment? I think the answer is yes, if, mm -hmm. um, if the evidence is any indication, right? Mm -hmm. um, is it possible to burn out and fail at your last assignment? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's possible to fail and burn out all along the way, mm -hmm. right? Um, I think it's, I mean, when is it more tragic than any other time? Um, I don't know. It seems to me to be sadder if it's the first assignment. Yeah. Um, because I don't think they've had a chance mm -hmm. um, to really dis discover that. Um, and we have talked about uh, the need for churches to nurture the pastor as well as pastors to lead churches, yeah. right? We've yeah. talked about, um, and we've, and in the folks we've interviewed, um, we've, we've had, we've had, I mean, Sean Palmer talked about how difficult his church was in California. Right. Um, and, um, Mike Palmer, uh, while his church was nurturing, uh, by virtue of the denomination going after him, uh, felt the need to leave pastoral ministry, not because of this local church. Yeah. So, uh, is it possible to burn out and fail at your first assignment? Yeah. The answer is yes. But that's one of the reasons we're doing this is so that we provide context and perspective so pastors may not yeah. fail and burn out. Well, and out. I think it begs a question is what is failure? You know, because again, one of the reasons why we're doing this podcast is we're wanting to push up against corporate metrics. Yes. And so because we know that so many pastors are feeling as though they are being crushed by the weight of um, metrics that are being projected upon them and that they are being asked to shoulder, which uh, we know that those metrics don't always reflect the kingdom. We've talked about ABCs mm -hmm. of the empire, attendance, right. and building, and cash. And so then I just want to say, you know, failure according to which metric? What metric are we looking that through? You know, because I, I look, I, I, I re I've been doing some reflecting on my pastoral ministry over the last two decades. And, you know, Mark, I look back and I look back at my season in Pasadena in particular, and I wouldn't call it failing. However, 
I look back on the growth that God has taken me on over the last decade, especially, mm-hmm. and over the last seven years, even more so. I I um, put some tweets out just last night because this has just been some of the work I've been doing over the last two and a half years. And, you know, one of the things that I said, I said several years ago, and I think I think this really began in 2013. I was having these invisible boxing matches with people who had different theological positions Hmm. um, or political. All right. And I was working that out. I was working a lot of my pain out online. Sometimes okay, yes. in my sermons. Right. Oh, that's a uh, real temptation. That's a real temptation. Mm-hmm. Because I was creating these imaginary enemies. And I was kind of getting lured into this enemy-making machine that we often see on Twitter and social media, where we, we, we kind of categorize people based off of narratives that we are hearing on news media okay. about um Christians and their particular positions. Anyway, so I've been reflecting even on my time in Pasadena. Mark, I think that I was working out some of my anger towards these people that I didn't know that I was hearing about news media. I was working out some of my anger in the pulpit um, on Twitter. Mm. And, um, And, you know, I think, I just think that God has been, and, you know, I also think, Mark, that it was a season. I mean, come on! It was 2016 election. It was hard stuff. It was hard. I was leading a congregation through that, through some really intense um, Rachel conversations uh, where we were addressing some really hard things. But I think that I was forfeiting at times my pastoral voice, and I was being lured in by this enemy-making machine and cancel culture and call-out culture. Here's where I'm going with this. Failure, I don't know. Uh, That's God's call. Yeah, I it do really think, is I God's think God, call. I think we're all trying to work this out mm-hmm. with just a lot of fear and trembling. Mm-hmm. And the more God is growing me in wisdom, you know. So one of the things I said in the tweet, I said, "So, so then I moved back to care for my father, who was dying of cancer, right? And my father held political views that were similar." to the people that I was having these invisible boxing matches with. That's interesting. And looking at it through a suffering man, while at the same time I was going to therapy, while at the same time I was going through spiritual direction, God has just done a work in me where those people that I was placing in another category that I wanted to fight up against, I now have just more of a longing to create spaces of healing, to create spaces of curiosity, to create spaces of bridge building rather than spaces of boxing and enemy making. So we didn't, we didn't, we weren't going to talk about this. Mark's like, this is going a whole new direction. No, that, no that's fine. Be, I'm, no, this is really important. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things, reasons I, I am so glad you're part of this podcast is because of your willingness to be so transparent. And yeah, this is, this is new stuff. I mean, this is, this is the first time I'm hearing it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think it's, I mean, it is a temptation for pastors to work out their salvation in the pulpit. Yes. 
um, in ways that aren't helpful for the congregation. Yes. I had a uh, very good friend of mine at, in uh, Belleville come up to me after a sermon one day, and he said to me, he said, why are you so angry? Mm-hmm. After a sermon, mm-hmm. he said, you're preaching so angry these days. Why are you so angry? And I had no idea. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't aware that I was, but he had the courage enough to call me on uh, preaching that may not have been as respectful or as honoring as it should have been. And um, so I went back and I looked and I thought, yeah, what, what's going on? Why am I so angry? Yeah. Um, the pulpit is, oh, it is such, it is such a sacred place. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, who are we to preach the word of God? Says Karl Barth. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, taking the Lord's name in vain as the third commandment is not. It means don't. It, it doesn't mean don't use coarse language or. It means don't represent God in a way that he is not. Right. So, now that's interesting. So you're saying, reflecting on your work at Pasadena, it wasn't failure. At the same time, um, you're not sure you led as well as you could have. Is that fair? Yeah, you know, I mean, I... Is that all right? Is to say it like that? Yeah, yeah. Well, could have. I think. I think I was leading as well as I could have with oh, the that's tools yeah. and that you had. the wisdom that I yeah, had. Right. Y- you know, years later now, oh, I lots know. of work, therapy. I, I, I've been pulling up old sermons, and I even look back at my sermons, and I'm thinking, did I really preach that? Yeah, I refuse to do that. Oh my! <laughs> I am not. Yeah, I so, don't read old sermons. Yeah, you know, when I was in Pasadena, uh, things were absolutely difficult and there were things that happened that were unfair yes um that were wrong that, to you yes no to no me. no obvious yes clear injustice visited on you yes that's right you know we we talked about i think in our first episode mm-hmm. uh, some of the pain that that right. we endured because of my gender and i think that because i was experiencing so much pain uh, I was then placing my anger on the entire congregation, and I was trying. I, you know, I wouldn't have called it then that I was punishing the congregation from the pulpit. Sure. Um, but I definitely wanted to get that congregation in shape, if you will. Oh, um, yeah. And I yeah, was yeah. working out my pain in real time. I was working out my pain and anger in real time about some of the blatant racism that we were. Um, seeing at, lived out and played out in our congregation, right? Um, some of the just um, Christian nationalism, right? And you know, as we know, like sometimes, and this is what I wish someone would have told me then. Okay, I wish someone would have said, "Those are just a few people." Mm-hmm. Now, the gender piece that was big. Yeah, that was more know, than a few people. Yes, and so. But, but some of the Christian nationalism, some of the blatant racism, um, some of those things that we were experiencing, that, you know, it wasn't the whole congregation. Right. And I I just felt like, as a pastor, like, well, I, I need to take a stand, and I need to be prophetic in the mm-hmm. pulpit. And I do think that, God, you know, by the grace of God, like, there was some prophetic movement in the pulpit. Mm -hmm. I think that I was pastoring in the pulpit 
But I think my anger and my hurt was also bleeding out in the pulpit. Oh, gee whiz. I don't know what to say. Uh, Yeah, it's a big, it's, yeah. And, you know, I say this now, two and a half going into almost three years out of doing a lot of therapy, spiritual direction, reflection, work, mentoring. And nothing, I is, and I, as I will always say, Mark, God, I don't think God wastes no, moments. I, no, I agree with you. I think that, you know, some of my, my, my closest um, supporters there in Pasadena will say that so much good was, they'll remind me of all the sure, good. Sure, that's they, not the whole story. Yeah, what that's you not just the said. whole story. I just think all I'm trying to say is, you know, in hindsight, we might look back at experiences and say, was that failure? Is that failure? I don't know. Uh, you know, six. The, you know, win lose, success failure. Yeah, so it's like a zero sum game. Those like those are not. I don't know that those are kingdom terms. No, they're not. Um, was Peter's denial failure? Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus said to Peter, "You're going to deny me, but go on to Galilee. You'll see me there. After you have fallen, strengthen your brothers." Yeah. So Jesus' response to Peter's denial wasn't. Um, you loser. No, he restored him. No, he restored him before he failed. That's right. He said, "Go to Galilee. I'll see. I'll meet you there." And when right. you, and when you go to Galilee, strengthen your brothers. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't. Maybe maybe that is part of the Americanized corporate language that the church has 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 um, embraced. Uh, maybe that's part of cultural conformity to think in terms of success, failure, win, lose. Mm-hmm. So, and also, you know, I think some of her questions here of, um, <laughs> when do you leave? Yeah. Well, is it possible to burn out? Yes. It is possible to burn out. How do you not burn out? Yes. Um, and it, and does everybody have to stay? Is leaving ministry failure? Yeah. How do you know when it's time to leave? Well, yeah, that's really a, that is really a hard question. Mm-hmm. Um, you've left. And 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 the and the folk we interviewed, I mean, I mean, Jay Kim, I mean, when we interviewed him, he was like a month into his new church. Mm-hmm. Um, now Rob Prince was a little different story. He was, he's been at, you know, he's his church for about time. ten years. Yeah. But Sean Palmer, I mean, he went to four different churches in like ten years, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Houston to California to West Texas back to Houston, and then Mike Palmer, um, eventually. Uh, left pastoral ministry to mm-hmm. engage in other ministries. So um, staying or leaving is not, there's not one answer, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you left Paznaz and we've talked right. about that. And I think I could have stayed. I think to you me- You could have stayed. Meaning, well, actually, could could I have survived it without losing my soul? Um, meaning while well, I was caring for my parents and, right. you know, in an incredibly difficult situation. That's a that's a different question. What I mean is I do think I felt very much in the moment when when I left Paznaz, God was saying, you're free to go. Mm-hmm. So you could have stayed meaning if um, the church had not forced you out. Correct. Oh, right. no. No, no, no. no, no. You, no yeah, you the left. Church, this was your choice. The board, the board asked me if I would take a leave of absence and not leave. 
Um, they didn't want me to go. Um, but I didn't feel like emotionally I could do it while I want, and I wanted to be here with my dad. And so sure. I, it was very much of a the spirit saying to me, "You can go." Yeah. Now you left without taking another church. Right correct? away. Yeah. Well, so we had an inkling that we would end up back at Christ Church, but when I resigned, there was nothing. Right. So you left yeah. not knowing where you were going to land. Right. Thinking that maybe it would be Christ Church, but not yeah. having anything definite. That's right. So, but then you did land at Christ Church. Yep. And you were at Christ Church when we started this podcast. Yep. I don't know, three months ago. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. I and was you... at Christ Church for two and a half years, and we knew, you know, the illustration I often give um, my time at Christ Church is that I was in a burning building, and the lead pastor at Christ Church, who was the chair of the board at Fuller Seminary, so he and I stayed in touch. He's been a friend for a long time. I was in a burning building, and he came running and threw out a big inflatable and said, you can jump here if you want. Hmm. And that was Christ Church. And it it was a soft landing spot for me. I laid low for the first 10 months. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll never forget my first uh, 90 days. The lead pastor slipped a piece of paper across the table to me. And um, he said, here's your 90-day plan. And the first bullet points were, Terabeth, we already know how wondrous you are. You have nothing to prove here. We want you to rest, take care of your family go to therapy, heal. Wow. And so that church gave me the gift to do that. And I always had the sense that it was this, it was going to be a longer term liminal space. I always had the sense that, that I would be there while I'm trying to figure out the giant question, which was, am I going to be a lead pastor again? You know, because over the last two and a half years, like a, a lot of things that people were asking me, and I think this is this is important, people would say, "Well, why don't you just do the full time traveling thing, Tara Beth? You're 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 traveling a lot. Um, I mean, Mark, you often have jokes. You say, where in the yeah. world is Tara Beth today?' Yeah, I have no idea. Every time he was scheduling caught, this yeah. podcast is most of the work. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so people often have said to me, well, Tabith, why don't you just pull away from local church ministry and do the itinerant thing, um, preaching and writing? And that never was appealing to me. Right. I get it. It was never appealing to me. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to be home with a church, boots on the ground. So anyway, the big question was always, okay, so am, am I an associate from here on out? Or will God ever open the door for me to be a lead pastor again? Well, at the beginning of the podcast, you said that you said you you said I'm uh, I'm perfectly content to never be a lead pastor again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You said that three months ago. Yeah, right. I did, and uh, I meant that. Actually, we probably we started recording end of November. Oh, maybe yeah. Yeah, so I think I said it back then. But, oh, six months ago. Yeah, but who's coming? She whiz. Yeah, um, and I meant it. I I just thought oh, you yeah, know what? Yeah, yeah. yeah, and part of it was my cynicism. I. Ex- with the exception of one church when I was 21 doing youth ministry, I've only ever known some of these larger evangelical churches. Right. And so I've been really cynical as to whether or not these larger evangelical churches, um, and I say evangelical, knowing and understanding all the baggage that's connected right. to there's it. No other, yeah, there's no, how yeah. else do you define it? Yeah. Or, or name um, it. 
I, I say that in the most non-political way possible right. while realizing that everyone who hears that word, there's baggage. Okay. So I have been incredibly cynical as to whether or not these churches are ready for female pa- pastors. I, I don't know mm-hmm. any uh, mm. that, are, that are doing it, that are embracing um, women. And I know of churches where there's husband and wife duos. Yeah, so safer, safer. Mm-hmm. Okay, so mm-hmm. fine. And so, at least we have the husband. So I got to the point where I never wanted to force myself on a church again. Meaning, Correct. like, and I, I when I went to Pesnes, I didn't force myself on them. I don't. I'm not saying that. Well, you were blindsided I, by the response. I was blindsided. You didn't expect that I response. I didn't. I did not expect that response. But also, I. Did not want to go to a church that wasn't ready for a female pastor entirely. Correct. I wanted I and I and I didn't think that we'd I would ever find a church that would be ready for that. Ever. I really and so that's why it was just I I got to a point where I thought, it's okay if I'm I'm still stewarding and exercising my gifts as an associate. Well that sounds like resignation. Maybe. To me. All right. So one of the so you said a couple, I don't know, I have no idea when you said it. A month ago, who knows? Um, you said 80% vote, 80, 80% positive vote, um, is what women can expect. Yes. Uh, someone did say that to me. Um, and I, she meant it because that's a very real thing that so many women in ministry are navigating. Meaning, um, when I went to Pasadena, the vote of affirmation was 81%. And I called this woman and I said, what should I do? And she said, that's incredible for a woman. You need to go. That just made me sad. Mm, yeah. Well, and I, I, I didn't know any better. You know, she. So she said to me, she said, women are getting below eighty percent votes of affirmation. They're getting sixty-seven percent. And so I just got it in my mind. Okay, I guess this is what it's like when you're the first woman, and it's always going to be this way. And so we just have to go with what we can get. We just have to accept whatever we are handed. Uh No. Well. No, I get it. Yeah. I mean, what do you? What? What? Yeah. This is the world we live in, right? This is the world we live in. Yeah. Okay. So, um, this this uh, email from this young lady mm-hmm. asking the question, right? Do I deserve the hurtful comments and actions of my fellow staff members? Is it possible to burn out and fail at your first assignment? Uh, Paznaz wasn't your first assignment. Yeah. But it was my um, first lead pastor. Lead pastor. It was your first lead pastor. And when assignment. I look back, if I were to take if I were to look at myself, yeah, I'm uh, 34 years old, and I were to grab Tara Beth Leach by the shoulders, do you know what I would say to her at 34 uh, years no. old? I would say, you don't deserve the hurtful comments. You don't deserve these hurtful actions. And you don't have to burn out. That maybe there's a path of navigating this. Maybe maybe it's, you know, someday that, that, that you'll feel freedom to leave or Maybe through this, you'll learn healthy boundaries. But what I want pastors to understand is that we don't have to be doormats in our pastoral assignments. Um, yes, yes, there is there is a suffering that happens, right. um, but never do we deserve it. Yeah, that's really an interesting question. Do we deserve it? Um, there's so one. There's some uh, theological traditions that say. Uh, we deserve hell. Uh, heaven's a gift, so we deserve everything we, every bad we, every bad thing we get. Uh, but that denies the genuine pain of 
of having injustices visited on us. Mm -hmm. Did Jesus deserve the cross? Mm -hmm. We would certainly say, no, he certainly mm -hmm. did. Yeah. So I want to say yes to what you just said. Right. Yeah. None of us deserve to be deserve. None of us. I mean, ultimately, as as kingdom people, everyone deserves to be treated and honored. Right. Like a citizen of the kingdom. Right. Uh, like a child of God. Uh, everyone Co deserves dignity. Coming from fellow believers is what's really yeah. most painful. That's right. That's that's what's really hard that's is right. when it comes from other believers. That's right. Well, so so we've been so the reason for this podcast is to talk about some of these hard things that mm -hmm. most pastors will experience. Yes, right. That's right. That's right. And I, you know, in our our next episode, we are going to share another ending. Yeah, this is yeah. This Terabeth story has not all been told, and I mentioned something to Terabeth before we went uh, did the podcast that she had no idea about. So I've. I've had some transitions in my life. Yeah, so we're we're going to talk that talk that over. We're going to talk about some recent transitions. Uh, I want to return to this eighty percent idea. Okay. Um, and look at the question: is is that true? Could God be writing another story? Yeah, because your story is different. Mm -hmm. We're all also gonna. So we're going to talk about in the next podcast mm -hmm. how to navigate transitions, how to navigate some of the pain. Um, can pastors quit? Do pastors always have to stay? Yep. We're going to talk about those things next time. Yeah. Evidently. That's right. Until next time, friends. We're, we're so thankful for the ways that you lean in um, to this podcast. We hope that you share it. Share it with a friend. If you know a pastor or even a Christian that is just asking some of these questions, do I deserve this? Um, am I failing? Does God see me in my pain? Do you know pastors or Christians that are out on an island? Share this episode. And so the greatest way that you can help us is subscribe, share, join the conversation over at thepastorsdable.com. And may the Lord bless you another day in ministry of serving and honoring God. Until next time. See you next time. <laughs>